Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. All right, and welcome back in. It is the early line on the grid. It is sportsgrid.com. Joe Ranieri alongside Dane Martinez. Guys, as uh, as we get ready for the NFL draft on Thursday and uh, some interesting stuff here, Dane. I know uh, it was reported yesterday that the NFL, and again, this since this is a virtual draft, this is really the first of its kind there. This is uh, where the IT people really uh, begin to uh, earn their money, uh, so to speak. And when you got yeah, over 50, right, members of, uh, you know, of the football community, these kids that are going to be drafted, they're all right. invited, which means they all got a webcam, they all got access to the internet, and there is, you know, understand there is a dude that is in charge of uh, making sure that all of that is connected, stays connected, and, uh, oh, yeah, they also have to be connected with all 32 teams. Right. Head coaches. They got to get the picks. So uh, it is no surprise that they went ahead and they uh, they ran a quick um, a mock draft, if you will. You do this uh-huh. a lot in TV where, you know, you, you do a run through to make sure that the graphics and everything are set. And um, they got um, – they got right up until uh, the with uh, you know with the first pick the Cincinnati and it just completely blew up in their faces apparently and they said that um, having a little bit of a problem with the communication and we thought this was going to be the big issue of getting the communication from the GMs. That's interesting. To Roger Goodell because you're there's the middleman's gone here so to speak guys you know what I mean. Because it's not like yeah. it's social distancing. Roger Dell's in his basement. It's not like he can have a lot of people. So I'm sure there's probably somebody at, at the NFL headquarters that will get the pick and try to relay it to Goodell. But right. some, there's a lot of moving parts with that happening uh, on this. And, of course, it also is dependent upon Dane, the GMs and the coaches on their side having oh, somebody yeah. who understands what the hell they're doing. And, again... Social distancing, not necessarily letting Geek Squad into your house here at this point, Dane. So uh, it doesn't surprise me that they, well, I guess it surprises me they couldn't get past Cincinnati. Hell, I could have told you, Roger Goodell, who they were going to pick. So I, you know, but it's, uh, I understand the pain, and uh, but I do think it's going to be very unique and kind of, it could be a total cluster, you know what, it, it really could. It could be. On the positive side, Joe, one of the things I will say is that last Friday night, the WNBA conducted their draft, okay? And it was televised on ESPN. I saw a part of it. You know, and they just cut to the player who was drafted. They'd be sitting in their apartment or their home or in their parents' house, wherever it was, and they cut to them and do a nice little mini interview, you know, and so... As long as all the feeds are there and as long as everybody is hardwired in, much like what we're doing to bring you here, our content, you know, seven days a week here on SportsGrid, that's what happens. What I think is going to be interesting is what's the actual, like, chain of custody? Remember, Joe, like, years ago at this point, Ryan Braun was, like, uh, complaining about his steroids test and was, like, the UPS worker had it in that kind of chain of custody. And so... I really want to know what's going to happen. Is it going to be, let's say, a GM? Right. What, are they going to text Roger Goodell? Is there a third party in between? Yeah. Or are they just doing it kind of live on Zoom or Skype? You know, what are the steps in it? Because the more steps there are, Joe, is just more chance for something to go haywire. And then what about, like, what about when two teams are, like, kind of conducting a trade? You know, or or they're putting the finishing touches on a deal, on a trade, and it goes beyond, like, the, whatever, 10 or 15-minute window. Is there going to be a grace period? Are are we going to be told to just be on standby? Will another team be able to hop them and make a pick? These are the kind of little uh, Mm -hmm. details that I'm going to be very interested to see, and I think they need to just try to keep it as simple as possible. The more bells and whistles you put on it, the more liability something could go wrong. 
it's uh, it's very funny because apparently uh, I don't know if this is going to be part of the mock draft, but it looks like what they're they're having all 32 GMs on a conference call that are all going to be connected together. Okay, okay. so um, they're saying part of the problem was is more than half didn't mute themselves uh, <laughs> during that conference <laughs> call, James. So you've got well. <laughs> You've got and everybody that's been on one of these calls. Right. You understand what's going on here. Nobody's muting. Somebody thought they hit the mute. You know, the, the damn chargers couldn't figure out how to work the thing. Um, chaos. And again, this is all leading up to why I think not only is this going to be must watch television there, it's, it's must watch programming regardless. Uh, but anything and everything go wrong. A lot of people are very worried about hackers. I mean, the truth is, Dane, they're, you know, in this day and age, will a hacker screw up the communications? Now, the NFL, and I got to believe that they are, you know, they are hiring the very best of the uh, best when it comes to cybersecurity. Uh, They're going to do their best to keep this. But again, there's a lot of different branches working here with 32 teams, 32 coaches, GMs, presidents, owners. Uh, Oh, yeah, and over 50 of these kids who are waiting to hear their name called in the first 32, Dane. Uh, but the good news is we're going to be here live for you yeah, doing exactly the same damn thing behind the scenes. Dane's going to be out there uh, right where he is. He's going to be right there sitting here. He's going to be bringing it through, man. It's going to be good. Uh, and I can promise you it will absolutely also be must-watch television. So. Have in many parts, our goal is to be better than what the NFL is, is because nobody's going to hack us. So I think we're good, Dane. I don't think anybody's going to hack what we're doing. Uh, but I, it's this is kind of the first of its kind across the board with so many people and eyeballs on it. Uh, what do you think the ratings will be? Give me a number. What I think, do you the, think the ratings are going to be. I think the ratings will be huge. I think they'll be up 10, 15% from wherever they were last year because it's the only game in town, right? We've been talking about this in these kind of quarantine. 30 million, 40 million. Like, what do you, what do you think? Uh, average per person? Last year's draft. And then I'll oh, put yes. more on top of it. Okay? All right. I'll get, I'll get you those numbers on yeah. it because I want to know how many it. people watch. That's a good point. What are we going to get increase over last year? It'll be bumped from last year. Okay. I'll tell you that because, <laughs> A, the hundred of thousands of fans that went last year right. are going to watch it for sure. And then I just think the fact that it's, like we've said, the only game in town, people are thirsty and starving right. for things to watch. You know, what I find interesting is also this. You talk about they couldn't mute themselves, <laughs> and you've talked about the Zoom bombing. Listen, if, 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 if departments of education in major cities had to change the way they were doing homeschooling, right, because of Zoom bombing and the fear of that, I think it is liable, Joe. I think it is possible that something like that happens. I would almost want to hang a prop bet. Will there be, will the NFL draft get Zoom bombed? And I would bet the yes side, to be quite honest. The other thing that I think is going to be absolutely hysterical, Joe. I, all right, I got it. As a matter of fact, then, get yeah, a load no, of this. Last year's was in Nashville. Remember that party yep. that it was going to, which is why yep. it was the most awesome. watched NFL draft in the history of NFL draft. All right, what do we got? 40 they million? They averaged 6.1 million across the draft. They averaged 6.1. Okay. They had a total of 47.5 million viewers across the three days. Okay. Right. Across so the three days. On Thursday? That was up 5% from 2018. All right, you're saying they're averaging 6.1 million, right, for the different windows? Yes. That's going to be up by eight or nine. That's going to be up to like nine million. Nine I think. million? Okay, maybe especially, even double. Yep. Especially for Thursday night round one, okay? I think it'll drop off on Saturday when we're doing rounds four through seven, right? But I think Friday, Thursday and Friday night will be must-see TV because sports fans will finally get to see something happening live that they right. can – react to, talk about, blah, 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 with their friends. I think it's going to do a huge number. I think it's going to be up a good 30 to 40%, Joe. The other thing I wanted to mention, though, listen, you talked about the Geek Squad and the IT of it all. Joe, GMs are generally, you know, um, more elderly guys, right? They may not have all of the technological (laughs) solutions. May not? (laughs) Listen, shout out to our boy Scotty Farrell, who I'm Both last week interviewed Dimitrov from Atlanta, and we got a little bit of a sneak peek as to his kind of virtual war room, right? What I think is going to be hysterical, Joe, is like 
what's in the background mm. of these gems in their houses? You know, like I literally over the weekend, you may have seen that concert, right? Where everyone did the We Are One World. Yes. Vanity, right? And I thought that was funny. Me and my wife were talking about how like Elton John in his backyard, there were like a couple of just random basketballs in the back that's of the right. frame, right? I'm like, okay, that's interesting. I wonder, Joe, what GM in the NFL is going to have like the weirdest or the most embarrassing thing in the background? The dogs barking, you mean? Right, like, dogs <laughs> barking. Or it's not going to realize oh. that like their yeah. wife is in the background walking around, you know, something like that is going to happen. Yeah. One of these GMs, either they don't know they're on mute and they're saying something silly or they're not framed the right way or I they're right. <laughs> or like the background, the dog in the yeah. background, that's a great, you know, example of this, right. So or, or, or their teenage kid mm -hmm. is going to be photo bombing. Yep. Something like that is going to happen. <laughs> and I can't wait. For you and I to talk uh, about it the following yeah, day. I can't, guys. It's going to be if they are in total three days, forty-seven and a half million viewers over three days. I'm going to say they are going to be well over sixty million viewers. Yeah, uh, I, I think. I think it's going to blow it out of the water. Uh, uh -huh. It may come close to even double than what they had over three days. Because even still, not third. It's the only game in on Friday, and it's going to be right. the only game on Saturday. So. The I'm going to go across increase. that board. The biggest increase, Joe, mm -hmm. might be Saturday, day three, rounds four through seven. Yes, right? correct. Because that's when in normal years, yep. even your avid fans start to like tune out, right? And be like, yes. okay, I know who my team has in picks one, two, and three. These are guys and names I want to know, names that are going to be starters. Yep. Even your decent fan of, you know, whatever team, are they still sticking with it for rounds five and six? Yep. Usually, no. This year, however, maybe they do. So I think the greatest increase in eyeballs will actually be day three on Saturday. Yes, um, I think you're absolutely correct, and I think this is going to be in terms of the phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal rating and uh, oh. ability to watch. And again, if you like, said <laughs> just somebody getting screamed at by his wife in the it's background or the kids yelling, it's going to be just priceless. Uh, and Roger Goodell looking dumbfounded there when he's waiting for the when he's waiting for the information in his earpiece and he doesn't get it. Uh, right. Must watch television. Much like when Dane's going to be waiting uh, with his earpiece, waiting to be told uh, where to go, and nobody knows. It's going to be just phenomenal. You guys are going to want to watch it. Guys, uh, five hours on five. Four hours on Thursday, five hours on Friday. Yeah, Me, yeah. Mike Blewett, Ariel Epstein, <laughs> and a cast of characters being correspondents for Sports Grid. I'll have you yes. covered. But yes. please, bear with me. I'm going to be sitting right here for nine hours at the end of the week. Let's That's go. That's lovely. So uh, another bit of interesting news from the NFL, speaking of the virtual reality of life that we live in right now, Dane. Um, it looks like we had a whole bunch of teams start their virtual off-seasons now. Uh, virtual off-seasons. And uh, you're looking at, looks like 12 teams, Dane, this week uh, began their, um, began yesterday. They had the Bills, Bears, Browns, Chargers, Chiefs, Colts, Cowboys, Falcons, Giants, Panthers, Patriots, and the Skins all beginning... And the rest of the teams will be scattered throughout the week here. But they basically now opened up the, you know, the Zoom and the and the things. And they're going, all right, guys, uh, here he is. We get we get classroom instruction now. Uh, it's three straight weeks, basically, from here through the draft. Because when you think about it, Dane, right, the draft would have they'd have to report. They had a first chance to be able to see them. Everyone was excited. And usually it's just for the, the new additions to the team, uh, including the rookies. Well, now you're going to have basically none of that getting together, but they I, do have to go through classroom time. They do got to get introduced. So it's the other big thing to me here, Dan, is you better have a coaching staff, your coordinators, who are great communicators, man. I, because it's a different ball game. It's one thing if you're going to humiliate a guy on the field. And it's mm -hmm. a whole other thing to be able to try to get that across. And anybody that has been on any phone call there or any one of these meetings, Dane, it's going to be tough to keep the kids' attention here, no? Yes. 
That is true. You know, I think different – what you've alluded to here, Joe, is like different coaching styles, Big right? Big time, yes. And the idea of how some coaches are more teachers, are more communicators than your more hard-nosed yep. kind of Bobby Knight screaming. You're right. I mean, the fact that this is distance learning right now, right? And Big parents time. probably right now across this country are seeing it with their yep. children, having to do remote learning in school, uh, school systems right now, departments of education. That's what it's going to be like for some – of these rookies yep. or some of these new faces in new places. And I do think that's going to be very interesting. The coaching staff and their ability to kind of teach in this yep. distance virtual way will have a big impact. We're going to see this a lot, Joe, you know, over the summer, let's say, and then the proof will be in the pudding come the fall. Absolutely, Dan. And, and it's something, again, guys, these are all things to keep in mind moving forward. Because don't confuse this being just like any other year, because it is not. Usually, these new draft picks, right, these rookies, along with some other new faces on the team, Dane, free agent signings, those types of things, um, this three-week period is usually when they're able to report to camp and they're able to get their feet wet, then they go away, and then they come back, and uh, the rookies usually yeah. have that, uh, that rookie symposium. All of that is out the window. Now they're going to be on a Skype call with a position coach trying to figure it out there. So, And the reason I say that is keep that in mind, guys. When we're, we're talking about preparation here, that's all this is from now, Dan, until their asses hit the field and put the uniforms on. It's all about preparation. Preparation ain't there this year, guys. That's what I'm saying. And those that have different cores uh, on defense or offense, those guys that have the old school coaches, it's a new world here, guys, and I got news for you. It might just very well be like this a hell of a lot more moving forward in the future than anything else. So it's going to be fascinating to watch it unfold. I think it's. I think we're going to learn a lot about some of these assistant coaches and these position coaches, uh, and it's going to be good. And those that embrace technology, and there are a few that have, all right, uh, across the league, we'll see. Uh, we'll see if it pays off for them. So. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the uh, the Jordan, of course, uh, documentary, okay. if you guys haven't had a chance to see it. Uh, we'll cover that, and we'll go ahead and start mock drafting some of our uh, favorite picks coming up on Thursday. We'll do it next year on The Grid at sportsgrid.com. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, guys. Welcome back in here. It is the early line on the grid. It is SportsGrid.com. Dane Martinez, Joe Ranieri. Guys, want to thank you very much for swinging by here as uh, Dane and I are uh, we were just laughing here a little bit because while it's an exciting time around the NFL for a lot of teams and a lot of fan bases, um, there are, of course, some of those fan bases, Dane, and some of these teams that will be hitting the reset button yeah. on the franchise. It's never pretty. It's never a fun time. I mean, hell, you and I as Jet fans, uh, we've honestly been stuck in that reset mode, it feels like, for the last 20 years, even right. longer than that. Uh, but another one of these teams uh, right now that seems to be having a hard time uh, is the Jacksonville Jaguars, who have certainly uh, done their part, certainly going to go ahead and reset. And as well, they should, obviously, as, as much talent as they have had over the last couple of years, uh, the closest they ever got was the AFC Championship game. They weren't able to put it away, uh, unfortunately for them. But... Uh, Tom Coughlin, gone. All the remnants of uh, their great draft picks over the last couple of years are pretty much gone, except for one, uh, Dane. That, and the rumors that we have heard besides Fournette is their young defensive end, who got franchise tagged, I believe, and he just wants out. Like, he wants nothing to do with a reboot and a reset. And I don't blame him. Sure. Uh, but it looks like they just, um, well, we heard that things uh, were not 
progressing at least from the Jaguar side as far as a uh, uh, as far as a trade goes. Now, I would have thought maybe they use him day of the draft, maybe as leverage. Uh, he's a great piece in order to be able to use Dane. But what's been happening on Twitter over the last couple of days uh, and social media with with one of the co-owners of this team is just it's hysterical here. What what exactly is the latest going on with this? Well, that, they're going back and forth in public on Twitter. You know, it's weird. It's almost like a it's almost like rappers who have beef with each other or something like that. It's very crazy, Joe. And when you also consider that Yannick Ngakwe, he is someone who is trying to move on from Jacksonville, right. is asking the team to kind of move him. But, you know, similar, Joe, to what we talked about months ago with Antonio Brown, you don't help your market. If you're out there chirping or if you're out there and becoming a PR issue, right? So listen, Ngakwe in the last four years, Joe, okay, eight sacks last year, nine and a half sacks the year before that, 12 sacks the year before that, eight sacks the year before that, 37 and a half sacks in four years as a pro with Jacksonville is nothing to scoff at, Joe, and played all 16 games every year but one last year played in 50 games. Wow. So. This is a guy who can help. I'm not throwing shade at the player. I just don't think it's a smart decision, Joe, to kind of do this in the public back and forth. You, know, you mean not, calling him a clown? <laughs> yeah, you're not helping your market. You know, you're just not helping your market value because now maybe, Joe, there's a team out there that was willing to move the asking price of like a first round or a high round draft pick for Ngakwe. But then they see this and they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know if I want to bring that into my locker room right now. So I think that's very, very weird. But I got to tell you, Joe, I also think it is weird from Tony Khan's side. Yeah. I really do, Joe. The fact that, like, the senior vice president of a professional sports franchise is deciding to engage in a back and forth with one of their players on Twitter and you just put it up, it's 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 silly. They're literally talking smack to each other. Shake my head, you spoiled yeah. bro. <laughs> exactly. This is like some worldstar.com kind of beef. Yep. The fact that this is out here for everyone to consume, you talk about it all the time, Joe. Consider the source, consider the motivation. What are they trying to accomplish? Right. I don't think Ngakwe is accomplishing anything by doing this. And, Joe, I don't think Tony Khan or the Jaguars look good in answering back. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I, I mean, listen, when you look at this here, guys, and, and hey, look at this, you know. Since you're feeling mighty today, let's uh, let's both let the world know the truth. We had a discussion. Uh, the Chargers game was my last he game. At me, won't get you traded any yeah. faster. Uh, yeah, and he's just going just back. And he's like, just trade me. I don't need your speech, dude. This is weird, wow. Joe. It really is. And maybe, you know, here, we've been hanging prop bets, right, on everything from, like, will the GM have their dog barking in the background? Do you think any of these parties, whether it's Tony Kong or Ngakwe, wow. is going to say tomorrow that they got hacked? No, absolutely. No. They're going to be like, nah, this was us. We're going back. No, it is. And obviously, the conversation back and forth looks like it would be two people to do it. Now, it's not a mere con, by the way, guys. Let's, let's understand that. It's not the, yeah, it, it's not the, uh, the actual president owner. It's, uh, it's Tony Khan. So he's uh, listed as co owner or vice president or those things. But, you know, Amir Khan's a little bit older. I don't know that he'd be getting into a Twitter beef with, uh, with a player. It looks like the, uh, this is a younger generation owner Doesn't of the matter. NFL. Joe, then Amir Khan needs to get on the phone to his little brother and yes. say, you know, shut the F up right now. Dude, exactly. This is not a good yep. look. Yep. Exactly. I, don't, I don't think it's a good look for anybody. And as they continue to engage with each other in this way, to be quite honest, all it does is lower the compensation you'll get. Look at the market, and, and that's not what Ngakwe wants because then a, a deal will not be consummated. That's not what the Jaguars want because yep. it lowers the value. This really, this is Antonio Brown-esque, in my opinion, Yeah, Joe. and I mean, listen, he talks about, too, the, uh, you know, the little brother here. Look at this. It's, it's a new regime here, sir. Right. I right. thank you from the bottom of my heart for all the contributions you made here. That said, tweeting insults to Pete won't get you traded any faster. Only good trade compensation will do that. Please redirect your efforts into a more productive outlet. This yeah. is 
great. It's it's <laughs> very interesting. And can you can you, the I smell the passive aggressiveness oh, through yes. the screen, Joe. Absolutely. And it's hysterical. But remember, if the ultimate objective for Ngakwe is to move on to get a deal done, and for the Jaguars is to like get their value back. This back and forth helps neither side, Joe. So I really wonder what is motivating this. Someone needs to tell Ngakwe, like, chill out, bro. If you want to get right. dealt, shut the hell up. And someone, I think, needs to tell Tony Khan, this is a bad look for the front office. This is uh, really uh, a bad look across the board. As you know, as we're reading this, uh, we're reading this thread and, and going back and forth with him. It's just, it's priceless, Dane, that uh, really? I'm allowed, that they even managed to be able to get it as far as they did, because it just, it doesn't stop, guys. Like, it does, it just does not stop. I mean, it, 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 he's going back and forth with him. And by the way, the internet by, never loses, guys. Uh, Twitter, yeah. never, the, the folks, the memes right now uh, across the board True. there. The crying Jordan, uh, I just, like, I can't. Like, I'm just crying. But look at this. Show me the compensation. I'm sure you're really driving up the price today, by the way. He's right. just and It's a good point. It's a good point, right, Joe? I mean, point. kind of performance out there in public oh, certainly doesn't help. But I want to take a step back here, Joe. All right, about the Jaguars. It's great. Because the Jaguars with a team, remember Tom Coughlin got canned, right? right. Remember, they had more uh, union grievances than any, right? Correct. We talked about Jalen Ramsey on his mm -hmm. way out. Calais Campbell now gone. This is a team that is handing over the keys to the car yep. to a sixth-round draft pick who looks like the Tiger King. I know I still have to catch up on the Tiger King, yep, Joe. I know. But honestly, mm -hmm. let me ask you this. Like, if you are Cam Newton, you want to get down with this? If you are Jameis Winston, you want to get down with this? You know what I mean? So are they not, as the Jaguars painting themselves in a corner you hear leonard fournette now chirping as well you know I, I i really wonder joe and in a division okay where a lot of teams are getting better tennessee is all of a sudden a true contender bringing yep. back henry right the indianapolis colts are going to go at it with philip rivers you know i mean houston We'll see what Bill O'Brien is doing with the movement of Hopkins, but as long as they have Deshaun yep. Watson, they are a real contender as well. So when I look, Joe, at the NFL, and I look at win totals, Joe, right. and I look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, right, and their win total is at five, I know I don't usually bet the under on the low ones or the over on the high ones, but this seems like a dumpster fire ready to go even further off the rails, Joe. I can't. I'm just. It's so funny that you just don't. You don't get this, and that's the reason I love this, uh, Dan. Is that you? You don't often get this kind of craziness um, back yeah. and forth. It is kind of refreshing on one side because a, we all love a good car crash, guys. No, everybody loves a good car crash, but you don't often hear a because he is a younger generation owner here in there. He's not. And by the way, nothing he has said is wrong, this being Tony Khan. Nothing. Like, oh. he has pretty much been spot on saying, listen, this is the deal. You're not, you know, you're not helping yourself. None of this is going to be any farther. And really, uh, in many aspects, as I'm reading it, I'm like, he's kind of made you look like a, like a, like a total dumpster yeah. fire. You really have. Because, dude, don't fight this in social media. But I think... Listen, Tony Khan could have easily been like, not the time, not the place. He did kind of allude to it in his first one. But again, if you're going to keep going after the guy, if I'm a Jaguars fan, whose side are you taking here? If I'm a Jaguars fan? Right. If I'm and a you Jaguars read this exchange. Fan, if I'm a Jaguars fan, I kind of have to believe that Ngakwe is not going to be on my team anyway. Right. Coming by the, end, by the time the season starts. So I got to ride with my organization. Right, yeah, I mean, he I doesn't want to be there, right? Obviously, so I'm a Jaguars fan, I'm treating Ngakwe as a kid that's crying over spilt milk. I am with you, but absolutely. Yep. You know, if I'm a Jaguars fan, I'm yep. sure though. However, you know, Joe, because we've seen it with so many other Jaguars, right? right? And so after a while, the trend is that maybe this front office is a problem. That's you correct. know, so I would say as a Jaguars fan, I would not be on Ngakwe's side because I got to ride with my organization. But, you know, what's the saying, Joe? Like, two is a pattern, three is a trend. Well, tell me, what's 15? Yes. That's what we're at here, kind of with Jacksonville. So just 
in the way the organization is run, it's giving me some kind of flags. I don't want to get too deep into it or put too much stock into a random Twitter beef. But here's what I will say, Joe. Let's contrast this with another piece of news that I saw this morning. Go ahead. Okay. Dak Prescott and the Cowboys mm-hmm. are meeting, having productive, positive conversations and negotiations. Do you see Dak Prescott and like Stephen Jones on Instagram throwing shade at each other? Yes. No. Yeah. Right? Because this is the way it's done. You get in a room and you figure it out, you negotiate it. You don't do it in public, right? Mm-hmm. So the idea that, oh, maybe Dak and the Cowboys are making progress. Yeah, that's because of the way they're operating. You don't see Jerry Jones out here talking smack about it, right? Right. Even when they did with Zeke Elliott, they were talking about how, oh, dad, it's all in good fun. We know what they do for each other. We still have, you know, respect for each other. That's what they were still saying, even when the holdout was going on in Dallas with Zeke. So I see the way they're treating Dak right now, talking back and forth. You have to have the open lines of communication. And that's certainly not what's happening in Jacksonville. And it does hurt the trade compensation they're going to get. And ultimately, the Jags' willingness to do this deal. Very crazy to me, I, I love it. I think, it's, uh, I think it's priceless. I also think it says a whole hell of a lot about whoever the agent is of this player. Um, he should be, he yeah. should be on the phone right now and being like, dude, are you absolutely kidding me? Mode You're right now. making I, I, it a million times worse. And I get it. You think fighting, uh, you know, and it's really what he did is he went at this with the approach, like, if I make this public, it's somehow another. And this is, again, lesson number one with social media, guys. When you think playing it out in front of people, in front of the public is a good idea, it could, uh, it could definitely cost you millions of dollars if it backfires on you kind of like what this was you tried to bait him and tried to get him into this and everything he said he said was right and by the way it's his right to do it as an owner he's doing exactly what he won't trade you until he gets what he thinks is fair compensation for you there's nothing he did here nothing he said shines a light on the ownership group here as if oh they don't know what they're doing this is what costs you, Antonio Brown. This is what costs millions of dollars because you guys don't know when to stop hitting the send button. And it's just one athlete in a long line of athletes recently, Dane, that just don't understand playing it out and so negotiating in, in Twitter of all places. Right. Never, ever, ever going to be the best move. And I blame, listen, I also blame the, the agent here. I don't know who it is. But what are you doing with your client right now that he's out here on Twitter going after the ownership group in public? Like, what are you doing, dude? Yeah, this makes absolutely no sense to me. Like, think about this, right? What we've heard is that the Jags were looking for a first-round pick in return. That's correct. Yep. And I just gave you some of Ngakwe's stats, okay? He is a quality edge rusher in this Absolutely. Okay? I'm not saying anything about that, right? Uh, Between 11 and 9 sacks for the last few years, sure. Mm -hmm. But if you were 18 that was considering calling up Jacksonville right now. Yes. And you are getting more context on the way Ngakwe operates. I'm not making that call anymore. You know, and, you know, or I call and I lowball. I make a lowball offer to Jacksonville because maybe they are now like, oh, we got it. We've lost leverage. You know, think about this, what it, what it does in terms of the leverage, both on Ngakwe's side and on the Jaguar side. It hurts them both. That's correct. Yep, and, and he look at the hashtag free yawn. I mean, it's just it's it's hilarious, guys. I mean, it it really is unbelievable the way and the approach that this guy has done it. And I'm telling you, it backfired on him. Um, I think he's a good, I think he's a good player, right? I mean, I yeah. I think he'll he'll be yeah. a good player for a team. But the problem is, this kind what of look never makes you money. It only costs you money, and that's kind of what's happening right now and listen i do think they might have an opportunity on the draft to be able to utilize that in a possible trade they got two first round picks yeah they've got a defensive and they got a talent that obviously a team would i am sure would be interested in taking so okay i mean there's still an opportunity for a deal to be done 
The idea of going after him because you won't return my calls? It doesn't have to talk to you. He's got to talk to the agent. You know, what is your agent doing, dude, that, he, that you're worried about him calling you back? Like, I don't, I don't get it. I absolutely don't get it. Uh, but again, that's this generation of athletes, which makes watching the whole Michael Jordan documentary here, the 10-part series, guys, uh, just amazing uh, to me, especially the first couple of episodes, uh, if you guys caught it, uh, which involved uh, Scotty Pippen's contract early on in this, which was just, it fits right into this. So we'll talk about that here and uh, what we can anticipate moving forward in this 10-part documentary, which already is must-watch television. And also, how does it affect LeBron? We'll dive into that. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, guys, welcome in. It is the early line on the grid. It is SportsGrid.com. Joe Ranieri and Dane Martinez here for you as uh, we've been talking, of course, uh, NFL draft and uh, also one of the uh, just most hysterical fights uh, on social media between a player and ownership group, which is uh, what's happening in Jacksonville. Uh, we'll have uh, more on that in just a second. But, um, you know, Dane, speaking you know, of the honestly, though, can you imagine? You know, like Tom Brady talking back and forth to Bill Belichick's kid, you know, or Robert Kraft's kid like this. It's hysterical. I literally cannot. Like, even Odell Beckham. No. I don't put this in him. This is Antonio Brown level of yes. misuse of communication, in my opinion. This is seriously crazy. And I get it, Dan. Like, I get what he's all mad about, but I also understand what? that it's not. It's not the way as oh. easy as you think it's going to be. And that's the problem. And uh, our buddy uh, Ian Rappaport, of course, uh, also uh, talked about that on social media yesterday when the whole thing was going down. And he's like, listen, trades like those involving franchise players like Yanni of the Jags and Matt Judon of, of the Ravens are complicated and hard to pull off. The compensation needs to be significant. And players are going to need massive new contracts. So while there's talks, there's no there's offers yet. But During again, this is just another – your agent knows this. I guarantee your agent knows this. Why is that not being communicated to you? Or do you think it doesn't apply to you? Either way, it would have been much better if nobody even knew or heard a word from you because it probably would have given you a better chance to make some money now. Who in the hell wants to try to negotiate with you on a longer contract, given the fact that you're going to play everything out in social media? He's shooting himself in the foot, Joe. I do not understand. Nope. Like, do you see Jadavion Clowney right now being yeah. like, yo, your teams, y'all MFs better sign me. Or anything like, exactly no. correct. Absolutely ridiculous. Oh, absolutely. Totally absurd. Totally ridiculous. But then again, um, that's pretty much what we get, Dane, when it comes to uh, these kinds of players, isn't it? Isn't that what it's all about with these guys? It's all about, yeah, um, me, 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 I, 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 Dane. It just, it, to me, it just, I'm always shocked because it never ends. I, I, I honestly do not understand the motivation of this. Maybe you're just pissed off, but you listen. You know, my wife gets pissed off and I tell her to calm down. You know what I mean? And that's what needs to happen at times. I'll, we need to watch this, Joe, because we are going to do our draft coverage at the end of this week. Yep. I really believe. I, do you think Ngakwe gets moved over the draft? No, I don't. Because, again, right? it, it was a delicate situation anyway, right. like Ian Rappaport that's was saying. Like, right. the money's got to make sense. The trade has got to make sense. There's a lot of moving parts. And you just blew it all up. So... <laughs> We don't hear about O.J. Howard. We don't hear anything right. from Jamal Adams. We right. don't hear anything from even Odell Beckham That's right now, who has some has the diva gene, right? Yep. Yep. But it's all quiet on those fronts, yep. but this one is making headlines. Yeah, big time, dude. Uh, absolute big time. Craziness. And again, ahead of the draft where something might have been able uh, to take center stage, uh, now won't simply because you don't know when to keep your uh, your mouth shut there. And that, of course, is the problem, Dane. And I know the agent's playing a uh, an interesting part in this. And I thought also, for those of you that uh, didn't get a chance to see it, 
Uh, there is, of course, that 10-part series with, uh, with Michael Jordan that is airing the documentary, who uh, Michael obviously had a, um, a lot to say about this documentary. Michael Jordan uh, is not, under any circumstances, a very public person. He never really was. Um, he is not a guy that he was always very image conscious, um, never really liked to step on toes in the media. Uh, but Michael Jordan, and the thing that struck me about watching that, Dane, was that Michael Jordan was fortunate enough to be in an era of no social media. So yeah. a lot of the things that might have come out while he was playing yeah. never came out because Michael Jordan is a part of a generation where stars, superstars were revered, um, not where they're revered to tear them down. Like we uh -huh. love to do these days, like Tiger Woods and others that have come before him where social media, it's all about, yeah, we love you. We love to tear you down. And then of course we'll love you again. Michael was part of a generation that didn't have that. And Michael, you during that era, uh, and it's so funny because the reaction of just the first couple of episodes right now, you can tell people who A, never had a chance to see him uh, right. play. You, you're, you have the argument, the, and we've always had it now, right? LeBron, the greatest player versus Michael Jordan, right? right. And those that have grew up with LeBron, they they don't know Michael Jordan. They don't understand what that was and what he was able to do. And last night was the first time in a long time that, you know, those that didn't get a chance or were very young when Michael was winning championships, they kind of caught a glimpse into what he was uh, all about. And to me, if this is the last thing that NBA players or, or NBA fans, rather, Dane, see this year for the NBA, because let's say they don't come back. That's interesting, right? You've got a LeBron James, guys, 35 years old, right? Didn't come back. Now, all of a sudden, next year, Kevin Durant's back in the league. Steph Curry's back in the league. Clay Thompson's back in the league. That right. window of opportunity for LeBron just closed again. And what is the last thing on NBA fans' minds? Michael Jordan is 10-part <laughs> series that got us through where – now, all of a sudden, the legacy of LeBron, to me, takes it because that ghost of Michael Jordan's past has just came and stuck it right to uh, a LeBron James because LeBron, instead of competing for a championship right now, um, not doing anything. And what NBA fans are doing, both young and old, they're remembering just how great Michael Jordan was. So Michael Jordan's on their mind. LeBron isn't going to be 35 next year in a much tougher league, too, Dane. It's, it sucks for LeBron, but the narrative of who's the greatest, who's the GOAT of all time, uh, I, think, I think people are starting to realize who the greatest of all time was. You know, although at a slightly lower level, you know, mm -hmm. the other thing that's happening in this NBA season is the memorialization of Kobe Bean Bryant. Yeah, absolutely. Okay? And yep. to your point, right, the idea of, wow, we're seeing what Jordan was. We're also kind of waxing poetic about what Kobe Bryant was. Mm -hmm. You know, so when we talk about greatest of all times and stuff, for me, Kobe was the connective thread, right, right between Michael to LeBron. Yep. So this idea of also how we lionize Kobe Bryant, given his untimely passing, is another thing to add to that little uh, calculus, shall we say, of the legacy yep. of some of these uh, all-time greats. And, Joe, I remember... Mm. About a week ago or two weeks ago, you know, time continues to merge together. Right. But once we talked about the idea of if this season only picks back up or is lost, what team is the biggest impact? And right. I said Lakers, right? Mm -hmm. Because LeBron, the window is closing. They don't have as many reps with AD. So, yeah, there's the idea that this window could be closing on LeBron when you just took away one of his last best chances at it. Right. You're right, Kevin Durant will be there next year. Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and the Warriors will be back next year. Giannis will be another year more seasoning. You know, maybe he'll be able to hit a jumper better. You know, that kind of stuff. The idea of new free agents, you know, in the East. Whatever the case may be, it's going to be harder for LeBron and the Lakers next year. The other thing mm. that I am very interested to see from a legacy standpoint, Joe, about this uh, documentary, The Last Dance, mm -hmm. it's um, you and I both know and it's kind of the reason I brought up Kobe, that 
he wasn't the best teammate to people. You know, Joe, Michael Jordan, I'm talking about, yes. right? And, and, and I hate to make this comparison necessarily, but you also know how, like, in the Me Too movement, right. how when you start looking back at guys from 20, 25, 30, 40 years, and if you keep digging and apply the 2020 sensibilities mm -hmm. to what we used to see back then, it doesn't always play as well, right? Whether it's Richard Dawson kissing every woman on Family Feud, or if it's the way Michael Jordan treated some of his teammates, right? And I think I've heard that one of Michael Jordan's concerns mm -hmm. about this documentary coming out is, it's going to make me look bad. Yeah. It's going to make me look like I'm mean. Yep. It's going to make me look like a hard ass. It's going to make me look, and people won't understand, similar to what I've heard about, like, you know, what Dwight Howard had to say about Kobe Bryant. Mm -hmm. And you and I both, you know, probably agree. If you're going to be an all-time great, mm -hmm. you kind of got to be a little bit of an asshole. You kind of have to be a little bit of a hard edge to your teammates to prepare you. You know, Jordan said it wasn't, you know, whether the story is about Scotty Burrell or Steve Kerr or anybody, it wasn't about, you know, me thinking they were bad. Yep. It's about me trying to prepare them for Anthony Mason and Charles Oakley, you know, yep. or whatever the case may be. Yep. Yeah, so, yeah, he's uh, he you know he punched Scottie Pippen. A lot was made of, of the Scottie Pippen situation too in yeah. the first couple episodes. And we're not if you haven't had a chance to see it, you'll have it's on every weekend kind of thing. So you'll have a chance to catch up. But uh, it basically introduced the Scottie Pippen, and to me, Scottie Pippen was the one who came across angry and came across kind of uh, jaded there a little bit. And because it came up that. They thought Michael Jordan should have gone to bat for Scottie Pippen more uh, towards that second half of those that three-peat, that second uh, round of championships there. Yeah. Um, see, the problem was Scottie Pippen signed a contract for seven years, uh, I believe it was. And they had a new collective bargaining agreement coming out. But Scottie Pippen wasn't in a position. Scottie Pippen just signed whatever multi-year deal came along. Michael did not. Uh, Michael was only, you know, he was doing two, three-year contracts before anybody else was doing. Back then, certainly before the collective bargaining agreement, the idea was, you know, two or three, you know, sign a long-term. If you can get it five, six, seven years, you sign it, you guarantee the money, right. everybody wins. So the problem with that is that during that, you know, that 94 to 97 era there, Scottie Pippen had locked himself into a contract that was paying him $2 million, $2.5 million. Up to that particular point, guys, Scottie Pippen and Jordan made just about the same amount of money. Jordan a little bit more than Scottie Pippen did. Then the collective bargaining hit, right? And then all of a sudden, when Jordan's now not under contract the last couple of years there of that title run, Jordan got $30 million in 1997, guys. All right, 97, not... Not 2020, 1997, right, right. and Scottie Pippen was making $2.5 million. Not because he wasn't worthy of that, but right. the problem was he locked himself in a contract, and there was no reason for the Bulls to renegotiate anything. And Scottie Pippen wasn't going to sit out. And the idea that somehow it's Michael Jordan's fault um, that, you know, Scottie Pippen didn't get the money. Scottie Pippen's agent? Richie Sexton, who, by the way, guys, is um, a pretty darn good uh, agent. But at that time, like you said, 2020 to 1995, guys, it's a totally different world. Oh, yeah, except Michael Jordan with inflation. We're talking $50 million plus for that $30 million he made in 1997. It's mind-blowing to me. Oh, yeah, and he won two more championships. And here's the other thing. You know, nowadays, right, when there's contract disputes coming up or right. whatever the case may be, what do teammates always say? Well, it's a business. You know, I can't fault someone so for trying true. to get their money. Yep. It's a business. I got to respect it. It's a business. If, as soon as he's back, we'll welcome him with yep. open arms. But far yep. be it for me to insert myself in another man's business. He's yep. got a, his family. Mm -hmm. All those, you know, lock, stock, and barrel quotes you always hear. It's interesting that 25 years ago, maybe it wasn't the same situation. Yes. Yes, it was not even close. But again, Scottie Pippen was in a different, all throughout that time, up to that point, guys, when Jordan was making 30 uh, because he didn't have a contract and the collective bargaining it, um, 
They right. were right there. They were two millions three. I mean, they were only a couple of hundred thousand dollars apart. It wasn't like Jordan was always being paid more, although we had the shoe thing and everything else. But it wasn't until that very end where Scotty unfortunately locked himself into a long-term contract. Jordan was free, right time, right place. And oh yeah, they weren't about to let Jordan go someplace else. So right. you paid him more money than Tom Brady's ever seen. Uh, in any year that he's ever played. I mean, when you think about it, guys, that $30 million in 1997, that would be playing a guy $50 million in 2020 with uh, given inflation. That's who Michael Jordan was. Oh, yeah, and he delivered. Uh, and Pippen stuck around, got, a, got more years out of Pippen anyway, ended up signing another contract. But money, right. He wasn't going to make $30 million. I mean, he should have. The argument is he could have. He should have. But it wasn't Michael's fault that yeah. Scottie Pippen locked himself into a long-term deal. It wasn't. Right. And again, you, you brought up LeBron, right, and yeah. how this may impact LeBron. Now, think about it. Think about LeBron as businessman. Yes. He was one of the, like, when his contract came up, he wanted not the seven-year deal, right? He wanted the short-term deal down mm -hmm. there in Miami. Why? So he could test free agency again. So maybe another kind of way, you bring it full circle back to LeBron, maybe LeBron learned some of those lessons about not handcuffing yourself with the long-term deal and getting more hype. Yeah, it all started with Michael. I mean, that was the way he handled his business in that era and what he ended up building, which was an empire, guys. More shoes right now are being worn by people oh, who yeah. never saw Michael Jordan play ever. And this is really their first kind of taste of what kind of. They just released I, I the mean, music. guys, this was, it was Michael, then Kobe. Kobe was, without a doubt, this, building the same thing in the same way, too. It's so crazy when you look at it. Same type of player as Michael Jordan. There was only one Michael, right? It was Michael, and then it was. Uh, of course, it went to Kobe, and Kobe kind of took that porch, and it was like watching Michael all over again. But one thing that I saw, Dan, I thought was really cool, too, is they, they talked about Dean Smith, North Carolina. Okay. Now, um, Michael could have turned pro uh, when he was a junior, right? And I... Dean Smith told him to do it. Dean Smith told him, turn pro, dude. Like, turn pro, you'll go to do it there. Uh, didn't go... Hey, come on back. You know, would it, it would, certainly would have benefited Dean Smith to come oh. back. To, you know <laughs> what I mean? But he was like, you should go. You should go. Michael ended up staying, of course. But it's so just goes to show you even Dean Smith at North Carolina, the iconic guy. It didn't matter to him back then. He wanted the best for his players, which is why a guy like that is so revered in college basketball. It was never about the one and done. He, he was go, Michael, like go to the NBA. And he's like, nah, I'm not, I'm good, man. I'm I'm good. And well, I mean, even if he did go, like he had like James Worthy and others oh, on that team was scary. Yeah. <laughs> SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.